The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This week's edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast, is brought to you by the updated HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Also brought to you by Hameen Media. Two feeds for your listening pleasure, hackerhameen.podbean.com and hameenmediagroup.podbean.com. We're also available over at the PW Hustle, pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com, and syndicated by our friends over at ndpw.com and the Rational Rage Network. You can find Destino wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, be it Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Apple, Google, or iHeartRadio. On today's episode, I'm joined by Mighty Joe Morin from Turnbuckle Talk to talk about the second and quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup. No stardom report this week with so many New Japan shows. I'll try to get one on next week's episode. So let's go ahead and get to the cup. But first, my friends from Down Under, this is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook, and now you're going to die. Hittingthemarks.com. Mighty Joe, welcome back to Destino. Are you ready to talk some more tournament wrestling? Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's good to be back on Destino, and it's it's dude, it's good to be talking about some New Japan. Just given, just briefly over on the WWE side of things, you know, we're we're going to this pay per view apparently called Fastlane with no kind of build into it, and we still don't know really what's going on for WrestleMania. So uh, I'm excited to talk about a wrestling company that knows what they're doing. I found out that Fastlane is Sunday uh, yesterday. It's, we're, we're sitting down here to record uh, currently Friday, March 19th. I found out on the 18th that Fastlane is Sunday. Like, it came out of nowhere for me. But I, I, I have a bit of a bone to pick with you, speaking of Fastlane. Um, oh. So I had heard about Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, WrestleMania, sounding like this was going to happen. And then this past Monday on Raw, they said it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Did, did, did I take six days off of work for nothing on your own recommendation, Joe? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> hey, it's we were just we were just predicting I and mean, hoping that that would happen, but uh, it, it sounds like you may be disappointed. Uh, I'm already disappointed. On that boo earns, boo earns. Ouch, ouch. Yeah, oh. kind of did that one to myself. It's okay. I need a vacation anyway. I, right. I, I mean, man, it, it, it's been crazy. Uh, let's talk New Japan Cup. Kind of where are you at with this tournament? I know uh, coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, and I think this happens to a lot of people, so I was very interested to have this conversation with you. Coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, you kind of fell out of New Japan Pro Wrestling just because, let's face it, since the restart, it has been tournament, 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 big show, big show, and it's just been so much. And coming out of the G1, coming out of World Tag League, Best of Super Juniors, Wrestle Kingdom, we always kind of see that lull. And now I have forced you to get back in so that you could come and be a, a co-host on Destino. Yeah. But what do we say? How do we get people back in for that have fallen out since Wrestle Kingdom? Like I said, it's a little intimidating just given the amount of content. This is something that, that you touch on 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 this show on on hdm I, I touch on it on shows that i'm on as well you know whether it be termical talk whether it be on with the love wrestling guys it's just there's so much content and, and to, to be realistic i mean you work a real job i work a real job a lot of our listeners and viewers work real jobs and as much as i love watching wrestling it is so hard to consume all of this content and it just uh, I went through a little bit of a lull, honestly, where I, I, I didn't watch for a little while because it's, it's like, dude, it's like, how do I jump back in and not feel like I'm kind of missing out on stuff here? But uh, I got to say, just it's the, most of the first round I missed. But these uh, quarter, um, like the second round, 
I watched the second round and uh, some good stuff there. Some really good stuff. But like I said, just before this and like between Wrestle Kingdom and this, dude, there's just like so much fucking content. It's just it's so hard. It's so hard. And especially this year because it has just been tournament after tournament after tournament. Like and it's like day of the week. It seems like they're doing a show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I hear the WWE fans talk about how there's too much content. And oh, my God, Monday Night Raw is three hours. And it's like, dude, I've watched like six New Japan shows this week. It's right. crazy. But yeah. you're right. I, I think the best way to do it, just watch the tournament matches. I mean, yeah. th- there's so much done on the undercard when it comes to the creative programs themselves. But if you really just want to stay current, I mean, you can sit down 45 minutes to an hour. You can watch both of the tournament matches. Most of these matches seem like you're getting 25 minutes at this point in the tournament. So... Yeah, about 50 minutes, so about an hour. You can watch both tournament matches. You can stay pretty yep. current. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, otherwise, try and space them out. Like if you try and do, uh, if you try and watch it all in one day or in a couple of days, it's it's gonna be a little bit tough. But uh, it, it it's one of those things where I don't mind kind of watching the entire show. But you know, a good. I mean, at least we're not talking like three four hours for each show because I mean, my God. If it was that, I would <laughs> maybe not so much. Yes, Zack Snyder not directing New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Looking um, forward to that movie, but damn, that's long. Four hours, man. Four hours, man. I love Zack Snyder, but man, nothing in the world needs to be four goddamn hours long, you know? Exactly, right? Imagine, imagine sitting in a theater for that. My goodness. Oh, good Lord. All right, let's go ahead. We'll, we'll talk about the second round. If you want to hear about the first round, you can go back the last two episodes. Of course, I sat down with the vet last week, yeah. and we reviewed the, the second one. half of uh, the the first round of New Japan Cup as well as last week's NXT. And, man, I lucked out with that one. You get right. freaking Prince Devitt? Hell, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch me some Devitt matches. Let's That's go ahead. Way. Start off with March 11th. And uh, Yano defeats the Great Okan in 13 minutes and two seconds. Now, Mighty Joe, our friends over at the Super J-Cast, they have this new standard for Yano matches, and I've been all over this for a while. If a Yano match makes you laugh, then it was a successful Yano match. Was this a successful Yano match for you? I'm kind of 50-50. I'm leaning towards no, honestly. Um for me, just that, I don't know, it, it's tough. It's like, because spoiler, I mean, Yano won this match. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, so is Great Ocon damaged by losing to Yano, especially the way that he did? That's where I'm kind of like, oh, I, I just, um, I don't know. I'm in a weird spot with this match. It's like, yeah, I think it was a successful Yano match. Did I find it funny? Not necessarily. But um, I just I don't know about Great Ocon losing to Yano in the second round. That's where I'm at. I'm just wondering, like, does that damage him going forward? So Yano ties the Great Ocon's hair to the guardrail. Um, yeah. The the Great Ocon, being the smart zombie that he is, uh, evidently had a pair of scissors in his boot. How the referee did not catch that when when he's going through the pre match checks is a little bit beyond me. So the Great yeah. Ocon cuts his own hair so that he can get back into the ring and basically attempt to murder Yano because he goes at him with the scissors a couple of times. That doesn't result in the disqualification. But of course, you get a little bit of a ref bump. Yano kicks Great Okan in the dick and rolls him up for the one, two, three. And (laughs) I, I, I agree. Does Great Okan lose something here? Absolutely. But then the way Great Okan grabbed the scissors again, like he's going to go backstage and he is going to stab Yano 182 times for what he has done to him. Like if this is going to be an ongoing, long running story, like the war between the great Okan and Toru Yano, I might be able to get down with this. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing with this too, just, oh man, just, it's just, the the in the way that he beat him too that's the thing right but uh i mean if it results in a in a greater story kind of taking place then yeah then i'm all for it but if it's just like a just a one time hey i'm losing to yano 
But uh, another question, like, is, is every because you had mentioned some things here that, that bug me a little bit. Is every New Japan match an ODQ match? I know, or right? Referee, or does the referee just not have like any clout anymore? Well, I mean, it, it, it's always <laughs> been the referee's discretion. That that is the line for a disqualification inside of a New Japan Pro Wrestling match, as told to us by Chris Charlton and Kevin Kelly. It's the referee's discretion, and of course, they provide a lot more discretion when it comes to tournament matches, when it comes to championship matches. So, I mean, I, I can kind of get down with that part of it. He tried to stab him with a pair of scissors. <laughs> stab the mother. I mean, like, th there's got to be a line here. And it just, yeah, it, it got to be too much. But I am, I, I will tell you this. If I see that the Great Okan and Toru Yano are in the same block come G1 season, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. forward to that match. For so, sure, yeah. I mean, I, I in that way, I guess this is a successful Toru Yano match to me. Yeah, if it results in people attempting to murder him then uh but yeah i can always get on board for that yeah and of course the great okan if he murders toru yano he <laughs> may overtake tyler breeze as my favorite professional wrestler that there is that let's talk about uh, another one of our favorite professional wrestlers and that is jeff cobb uh jeff cobb he falls to evil here in the second round of the new japan cup but jeff cobb has been a man on a mission this match goes 23 minutes and 8 seconds, and there's a, a, a bit of a weird dynamic inside of this match with the heel versus heel matchup, but yep. Jeff Cobb has just been on another level for about the last two going on three months, really, since he joined the Empire. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, I love Jeff Cobb in this match. It's the other guy in the match, Evil. I don't know what it is. I mean... When he was with Sonata, I mean, it registered with me a little bit, but just right now, it's like, I mean, he, he does well in there, but it just, it, it's not, I'm just not, I'm still not getting it with him. I mean, I, he does fine in the ring, just the, the character wise, I mean, it just, it, it, it falls flat for me. Like, just brutal, being brutally honest here. What is the difference between LIJ Evil and Bullet Club Evil other than Bullet Club Evil does a two sweet and licks his lips a lot? Yeah, I, I it's know, all the same that, spots. It's like I feel yeah. like every evil match at this point has just become. It's like they're oh, you're gonna go have an evil match. He's gonna do this, 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 right. this, and then Dick Togo is gonna get in, and there's gonna be a it's low good. blow, and yeah. then you're gonna eat the pin and be looking at the lights. And it's like yeah. that doesn't sound like a real great match to me. You know, no. it's, it's the I mean, Randy it, Orton match, like. Yeah, or, you know, it starts getting predictable. Like, as much as I love Bret Hart, a lot of his matches kind of, you know, played out very kind of predictably, right? But, um, but yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the, the dynamic of him and Sonata together that I think I like more. But just him... Both of those guys. Like it, just, it, it doesn't feel like he's, like... I know that they were trying to pitch him and push him as the leader, but, I mean, Jay's the, the leader of Bullet Club. Oh, yeah, like, I mean... Clearly. Well, we'll talk about Jay, but... <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, here was my problem with this match more than anything. So both guys enter, and it's clearly heel versus heel. Like, yeah. nobody is really into these guys, and when that is your main event of the evening, you already kind of have a little bit of an issue. So we, we revert back to old-school New Japan storytelling, where you have the Japanese guy versus the gaijin. And, yeah. and, and so Jeff Cobb is working heel, and you have babyface evil. And it's it, so. I mean, that's a weird dynamic right off the bat. Yeah. Once again, inside of this match, you get a ref bump, and of course, when Red Shoes is the referee, if you even look at him funny, Red Shoes is going to be dead for a while. Yeah. So, so then we go back from babyface evil back to heel evil because we've got to get Dick Togo involved. Right, and and then we we also have heel evil because Yujiro has to get involved, and you get the low blow from evil, and so now we have all the sympathy on Jeff Cobb, and even Kevin Kelly as he's he's commenting on this, he yeah. says one, two, three, that's a bunch of crap. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, and I I agree, Kevin Kelly, but you're putting more sympathy on the monster Jeff Cobb. Yeah. The psychology is all messed up. Yeah. And yeah, I felt like my brain just wanted to explode by the end of this match because it's like, what? 
23 minutes of it was a pretty good evil match. It was a pretty good Jeff Cobb match, but my freaking brain just hurts. Yeah. It, it it went yeah. It just it felt like things were like flip flopping. It just it's like dude, it's, it's like I've always two parts with the, with this discussion. This may even turn into like a showstopper segment on Turnbuckle Talk. To be honest with you, but it it feels like I, I always think that wrestling is at its best when we have a clearly defined good guy and a clearly defined bad guy. Now when you go into like the AEW side of things, you get like Cody saying, "Oh, we're all just competitors," and wh- whatever it is, it, it is uh, no. And just it, it's one of those things where just uh, I like my professional wrestling when I have a good guy and a bad guy, and either the 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 bad guy screws the good guy or the good guy is coming from underneath to try and overtake the bad guy because he keeps getting screwed. It's it's like the, that classic storytelling is what I like, but when it's uh, when it's kind of muddy like that, it, it's uh, like I said, it's my brain wants to explode. And I agree 100%. Most of the time, I completely agree with you, but of course, there is an exception to every rule. For sure. Other roses. And, and we would see that on March 13th. This is actually kind of the perfect segue because we get Kenta versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, uh, yes. Now, granted, both of these guys are heels, but. Yeah, on a different level. <laughs> right. That's the thing, right? It, yeah. it, it's the brand of heel. You know, where where evil is kind of this chicken shit, I can't win without cheating heel. You have Kenta and Suzuki who are just like, I'm the baddest motherfucker in this company and I will put you down kind of heels. Oh, yeah. No, this uh, if you're leading right into this match, this is one of my highlights for this tournament, dude. Uh, Suzuki versus Kenta. I mean, my goodness. I mean... It's slow at the beginning. I mean, because you get Kenta doing all of his stall heel tactics. At one point, he's even reading a newspaper. I mean, like, there's some great character spots at the beginning of this match. But you get about 10 minutes into this match, and this becomes a fucking UFC fight. It's not pretty. They're not out there doing any kind of... They're not even doing any kind of wrestling moves. They are just like open-hand palm strikes. Like, people will... Oh, they had a slap fight. No, this ain't no slap fight. This is open-hand palm strike fight. Like, this is some straight UFC pancrase kind of shit. This was... it's a very different match from everything else you are going to yeah. see in this tournament. Yeah. And I loved everything about it. Like, give me a full-blown feud between two of the baddest motherfuckers inside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And let these guys go out there and just beat the fucking shit out of one another. I'm down to watch it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, even... You can do a death match, like a death match with these guys, done like the New Japan way. I mean, in this, I mean, we saw Kanta throwing like spinning back fists and all kinds of. I mean, Suzuki taking it and just like <laughs> doing the usual Suzuki. It's like he, dude, he, he laughs at pain. <laughs> it's it's the most terrifying thing ever, man. It's so great, it's so great. People that I know this might sound kind of hokey, but I mean, for people that do, I mean. Anybody listening, if you if this is like your first time listening to a New Japan show, if you're hearing about New Japan for the first time, you're in for a treat when it comes to Minoru Suzuki. If you don't enjoy that, um, I don't know what to do for you. And I really don't. as much as I loved this match, <laughs> Kenta getting the win, Suzuki, of course, going crazy because he didn't win. And now yeah. and now it seems that he is on a mission to just murder Kenta, which. Yep. I mean, if we're going to get more violence between these two guys, I'm totally Thank down you. for it. But that wasn't even the best match on this show. And I, I can't even believe I'm saying that. Your main event, Shingo Takagi, defeats Hiroki Goto. Now, yeah. let it never be said, I am not a Hiroki Goto lover. He Me is either. the Roman Reigns of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They just push him to the freaking moon, and it, it just doesn't take... This is the best Hiroki Goto match I have seen in a very long time. This was fantastic. 23 minutes, 51 seconds. Shingo gets the win. But holy shit, Goto looked freaking great in this match. And I'm trying to figure out, am I finally coming around on Hiroki Goto? Or is Shingo Takagi just that fucking good right now? 
I think Shingo is that fucking good right now that he elevates everybody that he works with. The weird thing with this is, I don't know if this is just like a visual aspect. When I, when I started kind of getting back into New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling and I saw both of these guys, I'm thinking it's like, are these guys related or are they in a tag team together? Because they look like the, their characters and their looks are very, very similar. And uh, even some of their, their styling is, is very similar. But I mean, Shingo's on a different fucking level than this guy. I mean, uh, Goto did did good here but i think very much largely just because shingo has gotten that good that he like i said like i said i'm repeating myself but i'll say it again he just elevates everybody that he's in that ring with i mean he's just he's that damn good man now you got me thinking and now i kind of want to see a shingo takagi and hiroki goto tag team i yeah. never in a million years would have thought of that but right? i kind of want to see it now tag league that'd be bitching you know what? Maybe maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe it's been a while since we've had a big shakeup kind of with the factions, I guess, since Evil. I kind of want to see Hiroki Goto join LIJ now. Like, there I, you go, right? I, I, that seed in your head now. I think, I think an attitude change and maybe kind of a makeover for Hiroki Goto would be exactly what he needs right now. You're welcome. I kind of like that. I kind of like yeah. that. Kind of like that too, actually. Let's go to March 14th and uh, talk uh, about one of the matches of the tournament. Uh, people are ranting and raving about it, and and I don't understand it. Uh, but first, we got to talk about the Great Sonata. Okay. The Great Sonata defeats Yuji Nagata in 18 minutes and 18 seconds, and that's really all I've got to say about the match. Uh, I mean... At no point did I think Yuji Nagata was going to win this match. No. No, I, I I agree. At the same time, too, I mean, it, it was it's, it's again, it's not one of these matches where, you know, like 10 years from now, we're going to be talking to the, hey, Joe, remember that match with Yuji Nagata and Sonata? I probably would say no. But inside of it, itself here, I enjoyed the, the actual match, uh, watching Nagata work with a bit of a younger guy. It felt kind of like just like a nice little traditional kind of match, but again, it wasn't anything spectacular, but uh, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not, there's nothing that I hated about it. I, I enjoyed the match. Since the restart, <laughs> Nagata has been one of the dads that has really, really stepped up and kind of oh, reaffirmed his place inside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. This was the first match where I felt like Nagata felt old again. Like, the, 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 yeah. he, it seems like he's starting to slow down. This pace is starting to get to him a little bit. Maybe save Nagata a little bit because he's yeah. been working really freaking hard. And I, I just I hate to see him slow down because I, I've really taken to Yuji Nagata. I think I've liked Nagata more in the last year to year and a half than I have in the last five yeah, he's been one of those guys that they've been able to rely on to, to put on a good solid match like this, and I, and I think this is a perfect example. Again, it, it wasn't bad, it wasn't great, it, but it served its purpose. It, we advanced and on to the next round. By comparison, we have your main event, the first time in 16 months that the countrymen have collided. Will Ospreay defeats Zack Sabre Jr. in 21 minutes and 23 seconds. And Joe, people are ranting and raving about this match and, and just talking about how great this match was. And I don't get it. No? I don't you're get usually, it. Because uh, you are you understand the, the Zack Sabre uh, Jr. mindset. I, I thought this match would have been really, really good if it would have happened before Will Ospreay started the Empire. Like, I felt like this was pre-Empire Ospreay. I felt like this was Chaos Ospreay. This was, look at all the flashy moves I can do, Ospreay. This was Ospreay working as babyface Ospreay. He didn't feel like he was a heel at all until he started cutting his promo at the end of the match. And I, it, in that respect, I've just felt so disconnected inside of this matchup. It, it did feel like, yeah, it, it should have been another great heel versus heel type of thing. But, yeah, you're right. The the, the dynamic, like it just it felt almost like he was pandering to the crowd at some points. It's like, dude, I mean, this uh, doesn't fit currently with your character. I, I think... The, the physicality in the actual match inside of itself, I thought was fantastic. I thought they did some great stuff, but just 
psychologically, you're right. It, it felt very, very disconnected. I was just sitting there going, hmm, uh, like th- th- this is a match from this tournament, right? Like, I almost felt like the, the, the timing of it was like, this is this happening now, or is this something that was recorded like a year or so before? Previous? Right. It just it felt odd. Yeah. But, and- the, but, but the match, the match technically itself, I thought it was fantastic. Just the psychology was, was uh, not necessarily backwards, just wrong. Yeah, it just it just felt very very off to me. I mean, I I can see where if you don't have any if you're not following the storylines, if if you're not paying attention to you know, dickhead Osprey over the course of the last six months, you know, yeah. then yeah, like the match itself was really really good. But inside of the current environment of New Japan, it was just like, well, I'm not gonna cheer you now, like. No. I, I, I can't pull for Osprey. That that's the exact opposite of the Commonwealth Kingpin. You know, mm-hmm. like I almost felt like this should have been flipped. Like Zach should have been the one working babyface. True. Now I, I will say gutsy performance from Osprey. Like he like <laughs> after essentially breaking his nose or something similar, which we'll get to because they actually cleverly kind of progressed that uh, in the storyline aspect of things. But uh, but again, yeah, like if the, the heel gets a broken nose, like he should have been like chicken shit Osprey, not, okay, you know, you know I, again, I'm praising the performance, you know, you know sucking it up and, and, and going with it, but a heel in that position would have been like cowering or like almost trying to get out of the match instead of like, right, you understand what I'm getting at, right? As I was watching this match, I found once the the nose thing happened, and the funny part is, is Will did it to himself. Like it was mm-hmm. just the way that he landed. He went yep. nose first into the Ouch. mat instead of turning his head. Like he did it to himself. Yep. But the I, I I knew about the nose break before I saw the match. So I'm like watching Zach throw these freaking penalty <laughs> kicks, and right. I'm like waiting for him to like just clock Will right square in the fucking face. Yeah. And then it's just Will lands on his face, and I was just like, "Oh, that's it, really? Oh, come on, like that's, that's it." Yeah. And then, but as I'm watching the match, I'm sitting there watching it, going, "Kick him in the face!" <laughs> like he keeps working on his shoulder, right. and it's just like, do actually, yeah, just no, kick like, him in the <laughs> face. What are you doing? Yeah. No, I was thinking the exact same thing actually, and that's because I, I was as I'm watching the match because like going like you going into it, I knew that he got fucked up, so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm I'm looking, I'm paying attention to see where it happened, and I'm like, wait a second, that's it, really? Wait a second, so he just landed on his face like he face planted, and that's <laughs> okay. Damn you know? it, Will. Yeah. Damn it. Good match, uh, just psychology all wrong. Yep. Let's go to March 15th. We have a, a babyface versus babyface matchup to start things off. David Finley defeats Yoshi Bon Jovi in 13 minutes and 12 seconds. And I, I was kind of surprised by this. Like, I, I kind of thought that they would give Yoshihashi the win here over David Finley. Of course, now we see that there's a bigger story afoot with Finley. Um, but I, this was a fine match between Finley and Yoshihashi. Like, when you saw this on the card, it was like... Eh, I can see why they put this on the same night as Jay White versus Tanahashi. You know, like because nobody's paying to see Finley versus Yoshihashi. It was just a match that happened. It's I feel very much the same with this as I do with Nagata and Sonata. I mean, a good match served its purpose in advance to we needed to in the tournament. But outside of that, again, it's not something memorable. But I thought both guys did great in this match. It just didn't have that kind of intangible quality that leads to like an instant classic that we'll be talking about years from now. It just it just didn't have that. Nothing against both guys. I think that I think that both guys are great, but just it's not anything spectacular. I, I think you just described Yoshihashi's entire career. It's just not <laughs> sorry, sir. Sorry, anything sir. spectacular, you know. <laughs> but at least he's yeah. got the bitch in hair. Yeah, yeah, that too. And, and and since the the restart, I mean, he has elevated his game a lot. But um, but he's still Yoshihashi. Still Yoshihashi. Yeah. Jay White defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi in 19 minutes and 54 seconds, and he beat him in the pose down too. Yeah. Um, so it. If if you just watch the tournament matches, if you don't watch the undercard matches, you yeah. miss a lot of the creative. And throughout Indeed. the course of, of, of this tour, you have been missing Switchblade Jay White offering to help Hiroshi Tanahashi get into shape because he's fat. 
And number one, Jay White is about the only guy inside of the company that could pull this off. I mean, because Hiroshi Tanahashi, all like three centimeters of body fat that he has, like Jay White found all of it. It's hilarious. It's fantastic watching uh, Jay play off of Tanahashi. Like, it's just, it's... uh, yeah, like you said, doing um, the the pose and whatnot. I mean, the, the dude's the dude's ripped, right? But uh, it, it's I mean, just watching Jay well, White do his thing. But there's just, ripped. There's there's yeah. Tanahashi's ripped, and yeah, then and there's, there's Switchblade. I mean, <laughs> completely different. Yeah. But yeah, just uh, I, I, I mean, dude. I mean, throughout these, uh, like I said, I missed a good portion of the first round. But I mean, Jay through um, these later rounds here. I mean, just watching him do his thing. Not only in the ring wise, but character wise, I mean, it is. He's on a completely different level. He's so good right now. It, it's ridiculous how good Jay White is right now. And what what is it that he's doing? Because like, people keep asking me because I keep pitching to people. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you need to watch Jay White. He's one of the best guys. Right? What is it that he's doing that makes him so much better than everybody else? It's the same thing that Tanahashi does that makes him so much better than everybody else. And and this match, I felt like, is a masterclass in pace. Yeah. They both, they just take their time and they let everything breathe, and which feels like a, 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 a a t-shirt design for switchblade jay white if you breathe with yeah uh, the switchblade yeah breathe with the switchblade but that's what it he lets everything breathe everything feels so much more impactful in tanahashi this is something that he has learned really as his knees have went you know he has had to slow down and, and just be a smarter wrestler these two guys, I just thought were it was a cerebral masterclass of having the audience right in the palm of your hand and just letting everything breathe. Yep, no, I, I agree one hundred percent. Like I said, and just watching Jay interact, just being the, the swarmy uh, New Zealander dick in front of all <sighs> these Japan, and just doing like everything that he can. To just get you to d- despise him. This is for all you aspiring young heel wrestlers out there. This is the guy you need to watch and who you need to be uh, um, not mimicking, but uh, you know, look at what he's doing. And, and if you can even have like an, an ounce of that talent, then you're going to be a good heel in this business. I mean, it, it, he's fantastic, and he is all about the long-term storytelling. Both of these guys are, and there's there's two very interesting stories that I'm seeing develop here. Um, number one, Switchblade Jay White and the Young Lions. Um, mm. On the way to the ring, he got right in Yuya's ear and, and blew out <laughs> his freaking eardrum, which was hilarious. That <laughs> was good. But then we also saw he beats up Yoda Suji for being Tanahashi's personal cheerleader, which made me so happy. I was, was so happy watching that because Suji right. had it coming. <laughs> But, he was cruising for a bruise in there. Yeah. And, and a little bit later on, we'll, we'll talk about his mashup with Finley. There was an awful lot of interaction between Switchblade and Gabriel Kidd there. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, so I, it, it's very, very interesting as if Switchblade is kind of planting seeds with this next crop of young lions and dictating what their stories are going to be going forward. As yeah. far as Tanahashi goes... Tanahashi, when he comes out, is normally pretty happy-go-lucky and interacting with the fans and whatnot. You watch him during his entrance for this match, it was very, very serious Tanahashi, um, which was a little odd and off-putting to me. And then I realized he's not wearing the Never Openweight Championship. Every time I see Tanahashi, he has that title over his shoulder. He refuses to put it around that gorgeous waist of the universe. Which is interesting because if you look at like his his garb, the, the the coat that he comes out with, that is cut perfectly for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And even when he would wear the Intercontinental Championship, it fits right into that perfectly cut out portion of his coat. Yeah, the Never Open Weight Championship just it almost seems like Tanahashi has a little bit of disgust for that championship. 
Yeah, not so much maybe as uh, Naito does for the Intercontinental Championship, but uh, but yeah, the, you definitely uh, hit on something there. Yeah, yeah, there, it's a story I'm following. Watching the way that Tanahashi cares for that belt, because we saw how much he loved the Intercontinental Championship. He even restored yeah. it after Naito destroyed it. I'm yes, telling you, I you, people want to talk about John Cena turning heel. Mm. What if, what if Tanahashi actually turns into El Kakaroch? Wow, that would be uh, that'd be earth shattering over there, I think. But uh, you had mentioned something too that uh, I want to touch on briefly with that Jay White and Gabriel Kid. Definitely some seeds planted there. I don't know if that's for a rivalry or if he's looking to um, bring him in to recruit him, old club or whatever. I mean, I'm intrigued either way. Uh, there's some very subtle seeds planted there. I'm sure that they'll do something with it. Let's move on to Stone Cold Steve Austin Appreciation Day, March 16th, 316 yes. day, as the quarterfinals get going. Um, actually, you know what? Let's take a break first. The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love in Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG Brand Management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted, Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV fitness foodie experience, visit zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com. For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results real results 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at stevierichardfitness.com russosbrand.com where the pros are pros bro get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it visit russosbrand.com subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group we now take you to your featured HMG presentation. All right, let's let's go. March sixteenth, quarterfinals kicking off. Evil defeats Toru Yano in seven minutes and fifty four seconds. Yeah. You know, Joe, I have never been a fan of the lights <laughs> off, lights on gimmick. No, I it, it just it does nothing for me. Yeah. This one, this one popped me. And yeah. mostly because it was against Yano, but goddamn Jado turns off the lights, <laughs> yeah, and then turns them back on. Evil's behind Yano, hits him with everything is evil, and we're put out of our misery. There's no chance of Yano moving on to the semifinals. Seven minutes fifty four seconds. This was a great Yano match. I laughed my ass off with fucking Jado and the goddamn lights. The, the beginning with him standing on the apron the whole time and just you know just losing his shit like it was just it was like god damn you know it's um it's such a weird thing with Yano like there's times where like you said he makes me legitimately laugh because I know you're a little sketchy when it comes to comedy and, and professional wrestling but um, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't this, this worked this works because worked. the heel outsmarted Yano. That's, That's why, why this one worked. That's why it works. Yep. Uh, if that had not been the case, then uh, I would not be praising this. I'm not necessarily praising it, but just it accomplished what it needed to. And it, one half of the match was Yano, and I didn't necessarily hate it. So mission accomplished. I feel like the other reason that this worked was they explained it. 
how many times has the lights off, lights on gimmick happened? And you were Too like, and, and, and but your, your immediate thought was, who turned off the fucking lights? They New Japan who, told us who turned off the fucking lights. Right, and, that, and that's why it worked because we're not insulting the, inte- the, the intelligence, right? You know, and I'm gonna put my finger squarely at AEW. AEW, if you're watching, you do this too much, and you just they they rely on a crutch, right? It's like, oh, the lights are coming off, so you know somebody's gonna be standing behind somebody, or you know somebody's gonna debut or something. It's just, it's it's just something that's been done to death. But when you do it subtly like this but also explain the reasoning behind it then we don't look like fucking idiots it works so much cleaner it's so much more logical like in a microcosm this is why we watch new japan pro wrestling versus american sports entertainment it's the fact that they actually took the time to tell us Jado turned off the lights lights off yeah yeah it wasn't a production fucking with the lights Right, so by comparison, if you enjoy blood, guts, and violence, boy, <laughs> have we got a treat for you. Shingo yeah, Takagi defeats Kenta 23 minutes and 47 seconds. And I, I, I sound like a broken record. Shingo Takagi is on another level right now. And yeah. I feel like the biggest thing that is really propelling Shingo right now in the this weird kind of fucked up way is Hiromu's injury. I feel like all of the, the the people that were so behind Hiromu were like, okay, well we need somebody else that we can put this enthusiasm behind that, that they, they can their be way onto him. Yep. And it, it's just it's been projected onto Shingo and Shingo's like, all right, I'll take that ball and I will go with it. And he yep. is killing it. Just oh, yeah. killing it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fantastic match with these two guys. I'd almost like to see, you know, some type of match with these two guys, you know, just given Kenta's history as well to, to really let these guys go. Could you imagine? Oof. I mean, uh, I think that the building would uh, come crumbling down around these guys. Now, I, I, I know that you watch New Japan, but you got into New Japan fairly recently. Yeah. Um, I, as far as I know, you don't watch a whole lot of pro wrestling, Noah. So I am going to guess that really your introduction to Kenta was as Hideo Itami when Correct. he when he got to NXT. Yeah, no, you nailed it. Has Kenta washed off the Hideo Itami stink for you yet? Because I, I, I it occurred to me the other day. It's a good question. That when I look at him now, he's back to Kenta. He is back to the original Kenta. I don't get the Hideo Itami stink anymore. And I'm not sure when that washed away. But for, for someone like yourself who didn't know Kenta before, has has the Hideo stink washed off of Kenta? When I watch a match like he had with Suzuki, those are moments I got where I think, yep, okay, no, he's left that... WWE bullshit behind him, and he's fully back invested into this. Um, but it, just inside of that, too, I mean, people like you can go back and, and watch that portion of his career. Such a disappointment. I mean, his time in WWE, like, such a, I mean, well, he was injury, injured for so much of it. The injury didn't help. But I mean, just it, it was a uh, very uneventful, and it's just great to see it. I mean, in Japan, I mean, it's really, really where he shines. And as this Kanta character, like, I want to see more of it. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I think the smartest thing they did was turn him heel. Because oh, absolutely. The, absolutely. The, the New Japan audience was not ready to embrace Kenta as a babyface in not any yet. way, hey. shape, or form. Eventually, someday, if you need to. But right now, this is how we need him. Yep, absolutely. The other quarterfinals, March 18th. Will Ospreay defeat Sonata in 18 minutes and 56 seconds. This match features the absolute worst bump I have ever seen in my life. And it's the most basic move in pro wrestling history. (laughs) Sonata reaches up, grabs Ospreay by the nose, 
and hits his hand away three stooges style yeah and when you know that will osprey has a broken nose holy yeah. freaking shit my entire <laughs> face hurt from yeah. watching that move yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was it the was three brilliant. stooges. Right. And it was fucking brilliant. You know, yeah, just yeah, I'm thinking like three <laughs> stooges, right? It's, uh, but uh but uh, it just it was it was great because we we, we, we progressed that okay, so his nose got fucked up previously, so now Sonata's going to fuck with his nose and well Osprey is going to fuck with uh, Sonata's nose, right? This is uh, I I enjoyed this match. I thought these two guys and I think Osprey Totally, you know, carried Sonata in this match as as usually is in Sonata matches. You know, he needs to work with somebody that can kind of carry his ass. But, uh, but, uh, dude, I mean, this was this was a good one. I I enjoyed this, and like I said, the psychology was really good too. The fucking with each other's faces. But this one, this one did have a little bit of bleed over from the last match for me, where when Osprey first turned heel. He mm. was just punching people in the face. He was kicking them in the stomach. It was a big guy. It, it, it was nothing pretty. Yeah. He had completely changed his style. And now we're getting back into the hip hip cheerio. And, yeah. you know, like it's just the os cutter. We're like pandering to the fans before we do the os cutter. Turn and I'm face. just like, turn baby face again. It's like he can't help himself. Yep. And, and especially when you're in the ring with Sonata, who has basically, at this point, is completely babyface, even though he's the cold skull. Yeah. Um, it, it, you don't need to do that. Like, just no. just go be a go be Switchblade. Exactly. No, I I agree 100. Like I said, it is a weird dynamic when you're you're bad guy. Like you said, almost kind of like pandering to the crowd sometimes. It, it's. It's odd. It's, like you said, you nailed it. You, he, it's almost like he can't help himself. And, and it's we're regressing. Like, yeah. like he was so much cooler two months ago when he first turned heel and he was just being a fucking dick. Yeah. Just go be a fucking dick, Will. <laughs> just go be a dick. Just go be a fucking dick. Yeah. There's our, uh, well, there's already one dick, but no, there's room for a second dick. There's Wait, I, I've gone too far. Choppy, choppy, your PP. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the main event of the show, but it is not at all what anybody was talking about coming out of it, which is oh, why oh, oh, I no. saved it for... Yeah, I had to yeah. save this. This is the headliner. David Finley defeats Switchblade Jay White in 19 minutes and 24 seconds. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? This was crazy, man. I, I what the fuck? And and the, the crazy thing is that maybe this is again Jay White's masterful work inside of that ring, but that entire match, I legitimately felt like either of these two guys could win this match at any moment. And I, I legitimately felt like David Finley had a chance to win this match. That's fucking crazy. And the other thing that was insane was. The way that they do their storytelling in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. David Finley was in the same Young Lion class with Switchblade Jay White. And yep. they put together an entire creative program to make me just salivate to see this match over the course of about three days. Nope. Because they had all this storytelling they could pull from of how Switchblade has always been better than Finley. And Finley has been this huge disappointment since coming out of the dojo. And and then Finley goes out and beats Switchblade Jay White. Crazy. And it's just nuts. It makes sense to me. Like, yep. I should have seen this coming because... Obviously, we knew Osprey was at least going to the semifinals. If Osprey is going to the final, the last thing you want to do is give Will Osprey a win over Switchblade Jay White right now. Yeah, like that—that that would just be incredibly foolish. Nobody wants to do that. No, you don't want to give that away yet. Also, nobody thinks like. Nobody thought that Switchblade was going to win the New Japan Cup. Like, it, it just does, the timing does not feel right, especially when no, we just saw Switchblade versus Ibushi recently. 
right? Yeah. So even if Switchblade would go to the final, do you want Switchblade eating a pin from Shingo? No. So that Shingo can win New Japan Cup? No, not right now. Absolutely right. not. So why not create a story between the undercard Cinderella David Finley and Switchblade Jay White just so that you got something to pull from another three years down the road? Maybe you pull back on it and you get the smash again inside of the G1. The yeah, next time, one. Switchblade's not going to take little David Finley lightly next time. No. It's, it's not going to happen like that. Yeah. And, and just at, at the end, too, I mean... Jay White like almost kind of like seemingly kind of coming back too, and he's just like he's like you can't believe that. like just the way that he played that to where he can't believe that he lost like. I I made this comment and I forget who it was I was talking to, um, but we were talking about Roosh versus Shane Taylor from yeah. Ring of Honor Television. Excellent I, match. Go check it out. But here's the thing, Roosh doesn't sell at all. No. That's one thing that has always bugged me about him. I I, I love yeah. Roosh, but yeah. he does not sell a goddamn thing. Shane yeah. Taylor hits him with the greeting from the two one six, and Roosh kicks out before fucking one. Like yeah. he does not sell shit. <laughs> yeah. Jay White did more selling after this match. Yeah. Than Roosh did through that entire <laughs> match. When Jay White comes to, and he's like, wait a minute. What the fuck just happened? And he's talking to Red Shoes. Like, yeah. what the fuck just he's happened? Like, he's like, did I win? Did I lose? It's just, he plays it up so And this is a guy, too, that he doesn't have to do this. But, I mean, it's part of what makes him so fantastic is that you know, he could be the stiff guy that's like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, the, I'm the top guy in this company. I don't have to fucking sell for anybody. But he, he does. It, it, it's... <laughs> He got uh, Finley more over in that post-match than he did oh, through yeah. the entire 19 minutes and 24 seconds bell to bell. He has me legitimately believing that Finley now has a chance to move on to that final match, as crazy as that sounds. Well, and especially when you have a, a broken nose Osprey. Yeah, right. You know? Long-term storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you. I mean, yep. but this is literally a star-making performance for David Finley, and it's all because of how Jay put him over after the match. Yeah, enduring too. Well, yeah, enduring too. Yeah. But I mean, the the thing was, as you were watching this match until it happened, nobody thought that David Finley was going to win this match. I legitimately thought he had a chance. I I, I never felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Jay's Jay's gonna you know sit here and toy with him, but for you know this match goes 19 minutes and 24 seconds. For 19 minutes and 21 seconds, I didn't think there was any chance in hell that David Finley was gonna win this match. And then when Jay puts it over, he Jay put that finish over strong. He was out. He had to be brought too. And then yeah. he's just like, wait, what the fuck just happened? What just happened? Yeah. It yeah. was great. It was absolutely fantastic. That's what sealed the deal. That's what sealed the deal. You nailed it. That what happened post-match. It's, I won't say that it, it's made family into like a big star, but it has definitely elevated him to, uh, to a, a higher place than what he was before. Absolutely. Talk about a really good month for David Finley. You win the Impact Tag Team Championships, and now you're a semifinalist in the New Japan Cup. You're, you're you're the Cinderella. It's March Madness. David Finley is the Cinderella. Everybody's behind him, and then Absolutely. Will Ospreay is going to put him down in the semifinal, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna put an end to this bullshit. That's how Osprey gets his heat back, right? Like if there's a time for Osprey to come out and be like full dickhead, fuck yes. you, Osprey. It's against David Finley in the semifinal. Absolutely, absolutely. On the other side, Los Ingobernables de Japón <laughs> explodes as Evil meets off with Shingo Takagi. Evil won the New Japan Cup last year. Maybe the new gimmick is Evil's only good during the New Japan Cup. That's the only time Evil can win matches. Or maybe Shingo finally, you know, puts Evil in his goddamn place and moves on to the finals. I'm going with Shingo Takagi to finally get the big win. Mighty Joe, who do you got going to the final? I see Shingo and... You know what? I was originally, 
you're going to think that I'm fucking crazy when I'm going to say this, all right? I'm going to say Shingo, and I think that it's going to be Finley. I think it's going to be Finley and Shingo. I'm changing. My, I originally came into this episode recording with you thinking Osprey and Shingo. I think Finley is going to go up against Shingo, and I, and I do see Shingo winning the entire tournament, but I think that that's how it's going to play out. Okay, I agree with you about Shingo winning the entire tournament. But does it mean less for Shingo to win the New Japan Cup if he beats David Finley rather than beating Will Ospreay in the final? That's an interesting question because we know we got, like we just said, you know, Finley got elevated uh, in this match with Jay White. So I think it means a little bit more than, than, we're thinking but it means more than it would have two yeah. weeks ago but is it still is that big enough for the new japan cup final mm. yeah maybe not maybe not but i mean against either guy whether it's osprey or finley i mean I, i'm anticipating a great match like regardless of who it is just because shingo's in it i just mean that, that's how that works but, but the other thing is too uh, if you want to go back, I think you got to go two years now. Shingo Takaki versus Will Ospreay, best of Super Juniors, I believe was the match of the year. So yeah. Yeah, now, they now they're both do. heavyweights. Yeah, because if they are going to do Shingo and Ospreay, just because of how well Shingo gets over with the crowd, Ospreay's going to have to be um, the, the dickhead Ospreay. He's going to have to be. And when Osprey loses, he has a built-in excuse because he has a broken nose. The nose. So I, I, I feel like everybody wins all the way around there. Yep. Yep. I'm cool. I'm down with that pick, too. Mighty Joe, thank you so much for joining us here on Destino. Why don't you uh, plug a Turnbuckle Talk, Turnbuckle Rewind, and anything else that you want to put over? Well, yeah, for sure, man, for a Turnbuckle Rewind. Um, this past week... We uh, looked at uh, the match with uh, Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis from All In, which I, you were there in person to uh, to experience. And um, on Termuckle Talk, of course, you were with us uh, for that one, uh, as well as Mr. Ryan Cabo and Paws, Carl, and myself. We had we had a good uh, time talking about Mr. John Cena. You can go and check that out here on the HTM Podcast Network. And, uh, of course, I'm doing a bunch of other stuff with Love Wrestling and with Destino here, uh, my, my weeks have come become pretty busy as well, and uh, which is good. I love talking about professional wrestling when it's good. You mentioned Paz. Paz will be joining me next week to, Looking forward to, that. to hit the uh, semifinals and the finals of New Japan Cup. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one, too. For, I, for anybody who hasn't listened to Paz, you're, you're in for a real treat. He's he's such a it's a cool guy. We, you know, we've done a couple things with him now. He has got to be one of the most knowledgeable, chill dudes out there that I've met in the podcast game. He what a fantastic guy. Yep, great guy, great guy. Yeah. Oh, and briefly, just b- before I hand it back over to you for uh, for the socials for for me uh, at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to find out uh, what I'm at most of most of the time. Most of the time you're asleep, kind of like most I of the am. Time. Yeah, uh, I I do my mark job at nighttime so that requires me to sleep at the daytime or at least try well vampires So that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then toss us one of those five-star reviews. Help us out in the algos. Destino is brought to you by our friends over at the HTM Podcast Network, Hami Media Group, the PW Hustle, NDPW.com, as well as the Rational Rage Network. Find the show online at DestinoPod.com and across all social media platforms at DestinoPod. Very special thanks to Mighty Joe for joining me this week. We'll be back with Pause next week from the two-man power trip to talk the semi and finals of the cup. Until then, find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, or iHeartRadio. Enjoy the finals, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back in your ear holes soon with an all-new episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Adios.
seems right.